Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 374. Prepare to embark on a journey with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs. Be courageous, take action, ignite! Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. When you're ready to start building your website, visit squarespace.com and for 10% off, use the offer code LIGHT. Carbonite is automated. Automate. It saves you time and money. Trust me. You can start a free trial at Carbonite.com with the offer code FIRE and get two bonus months if you decide to buy. Carbonite.com, offer code FIRE. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Ben Sardella. Ben, are you prepared to ignite Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Yes. Ben is a co-founder of Datanize, a tool that enables sales reps to target their perfect prospects. Datanize shows what technology every website is using and delivers key contacts to those companies all within your CRM. Given Fire Nation just a little overview of you, Ben, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Big fan of the show. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, so my name is Ben, and and I live here in San Francisco. Uh, I'm originally from Boston, and I moved out to uh, California, out to the Bay Area, to start working for a a small internet company uh, that's now known as Netsuite. So I was uh, the first sort of sales hire over there, and and got <laughs> to just live incredible growth, and had such a fun ride, and. Um, and then got to go over to the UK and launch their UK office there. So I lived there for a year, <laughs> did it up in Toronto again, and, and came back and then have had uh, just a really fun journey since then. Very cool stuff, man. And give us a little more personal background. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm happily married with a beautiful wife that I actually met at, uh, at the NetSuite building uh, years and years ago. And we, we happened to stay in touch. And when, when the timing was right, we... We started to date. I've got a, a, an amazing stepson who's 13 and um, going to be quickly taller than me. And, <laughs> uh, and I keep telling him he's my meal ticket. So for anybody that you know that knows how to teach a 13-year-old to write code, he's, he's incredible at math. And, uh, and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're going in that direction yes, with him. So. Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> what a love story, Ben. I'm excited to learn more about you, not only personally, but professionally. We're going to dive way into both later on in this interview. But before we do, I know you have two great success quotes. One from somebody that I watched growing up who I really enjoyed getting to know his family and Fire Nation is about to hear who that is. And another person who I'm actually friends with and who actually I'm very indebted to for featuring me recently in Inc. So take it away, Ben. Yeah, that's great. So the first one is is by Bill Cosby and, and we all grew up in, I think, <laughs> in the household. Pudding, pudding, <laughs> uh, so, um, so his quote is, uh, that I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. And, um, and the second, uh, quote that I have there is, is by a gentleman named uh, Dave Carpin, which I've, I've got some great stories of. I actually went to college with Dave at Boston university. No I, I worked with Dave at, uh, at the fleet center where the, where the Celtics and Bruins played when, when we were, uh, selling, uh, he was selling crunch a munch and I was selling, you know, uh, Coke and, and uh, sodas and uh, popcorn and all those things. So we, we, we bonded uh, over that and have been in touch since. 
Wow, you still say selling Coke, huh? You didn't train you to say Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola, <laughs> not that type. But um, yeah, so you know, uh, Dave's quote really is, you know what's cooler than reaching a billion people on Facebook, reaching the right 1,000 people for your business, or the right 100, or the right 10, or the right one. And, and um, you know, both of those quotes really resonate with what we're doing at Datanize, which is why I just love you know, where we're headed with the, uh, with the product, the company, and everything else. Well, two great quotes and Dave Kerpen, great guy. He actually just launched a podcast. Did you know that, Ben? I did. I saw that. I haven't, I haven't uh, tapped into it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely adding that to the list. You've got some Entrepreneur on Fire episodes to get through yet, so don't, don't rush over there. It'll be waiting for you. <laughs> but Ben, let's go into our first real topic because as you know, being an Entrepreneur on Fire listener, you're a spotlighted guest today, and we want to hear about your journey specifically. And you've already shared some incredible ups and successes that you've had, but guess what? There's not always a straight trajectory to the top. There's bumps along the way. There's challenges and failures, and we're going to focus on that for now. So Ben, tell us a story. Take us to a point where you just failed, and what lessons did you learn from that? My first true entrepreneurial experience ever uh, was in college, actually. The first time I ever you know, decided I was going to take a business on myself. My dad made the most incredible chocolate chip cookies and I would go to the schoolyard and sell those for a dollar a piece back in the early eighties, which was a lot of money for kids then. Um, and, but, uh, he, 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 he would come home and enjoy the fact that I had somehow eaten all those cookies and couldn't understand why it wasn't gaining any weight. But, um, but then when I got to college, um, you know, Boston university is an extremely expensive institute as most colleges are nowadays. And, um, and so I was paying for that, uh, pretty much 100% on my own. And I was trying to find a way where I could make the most money in the shortest period of time. And, and I entered uh, my name in the hat for one of those college painting franchises. And um, and the first short part of that program is the training, which is like a day's worth of training for a kid that's never painted houses before and um, is then supposed to go and, and paint the most prized possession of, of many of the families that you're going to interact with. So. Right. So that's, there's a little, you know, little lesson to be learned there is, you know, make sure you take the time to actually know what your craft is that you're training and you're confident on that level. But um, the second part of that is to then go sell the jobs. And uh, that was something that I was extremely good at uh, doing. I had actually with no painting experience, it sold well over $200,000 worth of business in a period of a summer. And, um, and so that was exciting. I thought, wow, I'm really going to be able to pay off college and enjoy college once for once instead of just working 40 hours a week while I go to college full time. Um, and what ended up happening was uh, it was one of the worst summers in the history of Boston for rain. And uh, all of the paint jobs were external painting. Uh, we would spend half a day painting and then it would rain and, you know, uh, ruin the job that we had just done. It's labor and, and uh, material costs and things like that that go out the, out the door. So, um, you know, and I really hadn't built enough buffer in for the rest of the summer. I had sold so much I couldn't fulfill the jobs I was selling. And, um, and I had made commitments to people and things like that. So really just learning not to oversell what you can do, uh, and to make sure that you can actually fulfill the commitment with the highest level of quality that you can do for each customer, uh, before you go and ruin your reputation, you can't blame other factors like rain or, uh, or like it problems or things like that. You have to 
you know, know what customers you're committing to, being able to deliver on what you commit to them, and um, really making sure that your brand and your, your reputation stay strong so that then those customers will go sell for you later on. Had I stayed in Boston, had I decided to become a professional painter, I can assure you that I would have had a lot of struggles trying to build a painting business around the reputation I got by the end of that summer. <laughs> it's kind of funny, Ben, because a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and they say freedom, they say lack of responsibility, and sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes you have less freedom and more responsibility than you could ever have imagined. And if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to take that responsibility incredibly seriously because as entrepreneurs, all we have are our reputations. You ruined yours in Boston and being from New England and having lived in Boston for some time, I know that is not a forgiving city with a very long memory. So I'm sure you're glad to escape to the other coast. And it's just a great lesson on a lot of levels for Fire Nation to really see the importance of taking things on head on and taking full responsibility for them. And Ben, for for us, for Fire Nation, share with us one takeaway that you learned from that experience. When I sell to a customer and I make a commitment to them, that I make sure that commitment comes through. Uh, I think a lot of people forget. Uh, and in fact, with Data and I, we just had a, a, a very positive negotiation on Friday. We closed a, a good-sized deal for our organization. And, and the last thing I told that individual was, um, I give you my word. <laughs> that we're going to stick by everything we committed to here. And I feel like, you know, nowadays a lot of people forget that that's actually important and there's some meaning behind that. And um, you don't really hear it anymore. Nobody really gives their word anymore. They just sort of write something down in an email and send it along. But to, I, I felt even when I put it into words on an email and I looked down at it, I thought, wow, I haven't said that in a long time. And this is something that's really important to me. That's powerful, Ben. And that's something I'm really going to take to heart. And when I do want to make a commitment, I want to use those words because I want people to see that I'm being genuine and I'm really trying to be upfront and taking responsibility for that. And what I'd like to do now, Ben, is move to the other end of the spectrum. You just shared with us a massive challenge that you had. I cringed when I picture you on that ladder painting in the rain. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It really is because here you are just trying to do the right thing for yourself and to pay for your college and your education and mother nature is not cooperating. But the clouds also sometimes do part, Ben, and the sun does shine through. And we have these aha moments. We have these light bulb moments to come on that inspire us, that have have us pivot or move forward in a great direction. Tell us a story, Ben, of a time that you had a moment like this. And what steps did you take after having this moment that really turned it into success? One of the other challenges that I had faced at one point in my time, this is the first time I was a director of, uh, of sales, which is at, was at a company called Sabrix. Um, and it was, uh, it was towards the end of 07, uh, beginning of 2008, when I took that team over. And by the end of 2008, I had a, uh, a great sales team. A lot of folks that had worked with me at previous companies had come along to join my team. And, uh, and the economy completely fell out, as, as I'm sure you Boom. and all you listeners all experienced, <laughs> right? And I uh, had to do some really harsh layoffs. And it was one of the worst you know, days of my entire life to, to do that to coworkers that I knew were working hard and to friends. And um, you know, we really got together as a management team and said, well, what are we going to do? There's, there's no more leads coming in. Uh, you know, sales had dropped significantly. We don't even have the resources anymore that we wanted to, you know, to, that we needed to, to get to the next level and to hit the numbers that we had committed to. And we, uh, we 
we had a, a, a newer executive come in, and he had a friend who's now a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Kozer, who had written a, a book called Selling to Zebras. And uh, in a nutshell, Selling to Zebras really just uh, gets your entire organization to focus on the perfect prospect uh, across all of the departments of the organization. So whether that's marketing and everything you're preaching about and speaking to and the benefits and everything, uh, the, um, the sales team only selling to those people that are the perfect prospect, the support team and the uh, implementation teams only focused on, you know, on all of that, uh, exact, the, the perfect for customer at the end so that then they'll go and preach the word that you guys are really great at what you do. And uh, why selling to zebras? Well, if you're in the middle of a jungle and you were just staring at an animal that's a zebra, as opposed to all the other animals, there is no question of what that zebra is. And, um, and so that's uh, sort of something I've taken uh, with me to, uh, to many other places. We're doing that at Kissmetrics as well, really starting to, you know, the, the team had really started to focus on uh, selling to specific customers where we knew we could provide the most benefit. Uh, and that was a really hard thing for us to do, though, at Stabrix. We literally cut our, for, our pipeline sorry, down into probably a quarter of what it was. Uh, and that's scary in, in and of itself uh, for a salesperson as well as a sales team as well as an executive team to take that to the board. And, uh, but by doing that, we really stopped wasting time. We stopped wasting uh, not only our time, but the time of the prospects we were talking to. We didn't uh, market to people that we shouldn't have been marketing to. We didn't sell to people and spend time on phones and demoing, etc. The uh, implementation team didn't deal with nightmare customers to implement, and the support team didn't have to deal with really bad support issues. All of a sudden, these, all these customers that came through actually really got the benefit clearly and concisely. They really enjoyed the product. It was built towards you know, what was going to make them successful. And by the, uh, by the beginning of 09, what we started to see was that our pipeline was actually starting to grow a bit, you know, more than it had been. Um, but all of those deals were just the perfect deals for us. Uh, and uh, our close rate just went through the roof. And so by about the middle of 09, once the budget started to open up a little bit more and people started to realize, okay, well, we can spend a little bit. Things aren't going to, you know, everything, our business isn't going to disappear. We do have to spend money to, you know, to grow a little bit. They started to look at us and uh, we just had this pipeline ready to go when those people were ready to spend money. And we just had a blowout end of 09, which, which uh, really capped off and led to us getting acquired uh, by Thomson Reuters. Wow, I love that. And can you just pull out Four Fire Nations, something that really stuck with you from that book? It sounds fascinating. I think the really powerful thing, and this goes back to the, um, you know, the, the commitment side of things, uh, we, we would do sort of a, a mutual action plan with those customers in the sales process. And so what um, we would work backwards from that mutual action plan. And the, mutual, the end of the mutual action plan wouldn't be, dear Mr. Customer, you're going to sign on the dotted line and then you're going to pay us on this date. What the end of the mutual action plan would be is them actually creating a uh, customer success case study for us. And from there, we worked backwards to when was the point they were actually going to uh, get a return on their investment or start to see more than that. And then, and then you know, we worked backwards from there. It was the actual date that we're going to make the final commitment and so forth, so on and so forth. So all the tasks that we're going to be required between us and the, uh, the customer uh, all the way to the point where they were so successful that they were willing to do a case study for us. Uh, we're all clear and concise. There was uh, dates associated with each of those. There was a commitment by us or by the customer labeled right there. And, um, and it just made the selling and the buying process for the customer just a lot easier and transparent. 
Love that, Ben. And for Fire Nation, just boil down one takeaway from that entire aha experience that you had and share it with us. Find out who your best customers are, why they love you, and what makes you, um, you know, successful for them. And then focus on that and focus on going and finding those specific customers. It's really easy to go try and sell to everybody. Uh, the spray and payment pray method is used by everybody. Uh, but go and focus on who you make the happiest. And by doing that, you're going to learn a lot more, a lot faster. Uh, and you're going to just build a customer base that absolutely loves you and is going to go preach about you everywhere else that they go as well. And that speaks so well to Dave's quote at the beginning of the interview. Love that, Ben. So let me ask you this. Have you, in all of this experience that you've had in your entire entrepreneurial journey thus far, had an I've made it moment? The moment I saw my wife walking down the aisle towards me on our wedding day is definitely one of them. So that is the most romantic I've made a moment yet. Um, but no, you know, from a professional standpoint, like I'm a sales guy, I have those I made it moments every time I hit my my number at the end of a quarter, right? And and you have those for a brief second. Hopefully, it ends on a Friday, and you can go out and have a really fun happy hour, enjoy it over the weekend, and you get back on Monday uh, or at that first day of the the following month, and you really have to you know, leave that behind and say, okay, something to build off of. But the, you know, those I made it moments, you have to allow them to happen. So you can at least enjoy it for that brief moment, but you can't, uh, you can't hang on to them, uh, for a long time either. You have to really move on and find out how to go, go get that next. I made it moment. And that's, that's what I constantly do. I'm always trying to go get that next. I made it moment. So Ben, you've worked with and for a multitude of entrepreneurial companies. So you've just seen a lot of different things in a lot of different niches and in a lot of different industries. But the fact remains is that we're all on this entrepreneurial journey. And you've been on this really interesting one because you've seen so many different aspects of it. So can you talk to Fire Nation a little bit about your philosophy of the entrepreneurial journey and how you keep it going steady despite all of this roller coaster up and down that we all are experiencing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, for me is just being driven by the energy that comes out of, uh, that comes from entrepreneurs, comes out of companies that are on the cusp of something really exciting. Uh, and, and obviously the possibilities for anything are, are there on the table for both failure and success. And, uh, you know, and, and just getting to continuously learn about all of those scenarios. There's no one startup that's exactly like the other, even when the same situations have a, have come up for two, two different startups, but it's the same exact scenario. Um, two very different outcomes typically happens. And, um, you know, just being a part of that sort of constant unknown, but the excitement around that and, and being, you know, continuously tested and challenged is what really, uh, keeps me passionate about this. One of the, uh, best things I'm doing right now is I'm an advisor at several companies uh, that are experiencing some extreme growth like Yesware and LaunchTrack. And, um, and then I'm also a mentor at, at uh, Launchpad LA, which is you know the best incubator in, in SoCal as far as I'm concerned. And uh, just the excitement and the ideas and, and the energy coming out of all of these organizations and to see some of the end results you know, that's really starting to happen now too. It just, just has me pumped up on a daily basis. Oh, that does fire me up too. And let's just move to present times, Ben, because you specifically with your company right now have a lot of exciting things going on in a lot of different areas. So take a minute, share with Fire Nation exactly what you have going on and why you're so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so right now with 
uh, Data and I, we've been working on this for the last year and a half, and uh, one of the uh, companies that was a, a, a you know getting the most benefit out of what Data and I was doing was my was the company I was at, which is Kiss Metrics, and our sales team was just having uh, a, a ton of success off of off of what we do, and and Data and I really. Uh, allows a sales team to focus on that perfect prospect um, by focusing on what technology those companies are using first and foremost. And so by focusing on that, uh, your instant conversation with somebody is is uh, about what that person has on their side, what they're using, what, what experience, what, what technology um, they already know about. And so when you have a cold call with somebody and you really start the conversation in that way, uh, it really resonates with them and it helps build a, a you know, very fast rapport uh, with them as you go. And, you know, starting to really validate that over the last year and a half, seeing it at Kissmetrics, seeing it at Yesware, seeing it at Gigia and a number of other really successful companies, uh, you know, has just been inspiring and, and has, you know, allowed me to go and, and work the, the nights and the weekends while I was, you know, fully dedicated to my full-time job at Kissmetrics at the same time. But one of those things that just has like blown me away recently is, uh, is a recent opportunity that we had where, uh, we, uh, we're typically in the selling process, you know, you're going from the VPs, you know, down and you're, you're making sure you get that executive approval first. And then you kind of move down into the folks that may be actually using the product on a regular basis. But in this particular opportunity, one of the, one of the sales reps that was actually new to the organization, uh, had come to us and said, I found out about your tool through word of mouth. I really wanted to check it out. And, and we showed that individual and he went and then preached it to some of the other sales reps. And uh, he came back to us and he said, hey, um, we're going to introduce you to the VP of sales to get the approval. But, uh, but if they're not you know, ready to do this or they don't have the budget ready to go, I want you to know that I got three of the other sales reps on the team to commit to paying for this. And we'll do it ourselves if we have to. And that was like, yes, this is a product that these guys are going to love and it works. And, you know, and it's so valuable for them that they see the personal investment they should make in it just to make their professional lives better. Wow. I mean, if that is not validation, if that's not proof of concept, what's not been? And share with us really quickly just your vision for the future of Datanize. Yeah. So the vision of the future is to really focus on those areas that uh, finding out about companies and the individuals at those companies that's not really evident in a lot of the traditional um, you know, lead gen and, and marketing tools that are out there. So um, great to have, you know, somebody's name and title and the, you know, the location of the office and how much revenue they did. But are those things going to help you sell um, necessarily? And so what we really like to do is focus on, um, you know, again, focus on that technology and expanding that, uh, that breath out of the crawler to figure out, you know, exactly all the different tools people are using, but to then really start to understand a little bit better about the individuals at those companies, maybe through their social profiles um, and through their actions, um, you know, on social media and and in, in other categories that we can go find. So really, just trying to get new and creative around. Uh, how to engage with somebody in an organization uh, rather than the traditional methods that have been used for, you know, ever since I got into sales 13 years ago now in the tech industry. Fascinating, Ben. Let's step back now for a minute to thank our sponsors. When I launched Entrepreneur on Fire, I knew pretty much immediately that it wasn't going to be an easy journey. But man, I am absolutely loving every minute of it. Thanks to listeners like you who motivate me every single day. 
there are definitely some things that still worry me from time to time, like how I'm going to invent a day in the week that has 26 hours instead of just 24. But lucky for me, there's one major thing that used to worry me a lot in the beginning that I never have to think about anymore, my audio files. Before, I used to think, what would happen if my computer crashed or if it was stolen? But now that I have Carbonite, I know I can rest assured that my files are safe and sound in the cloud. Do you want the same assurance with your files? Start a free trial at Carbonite.com with the offer code FIRE and get two bonus months if you decide to buy. Don't spend another day without the safety and security that Carbonite offers. Go to Carbonite.com, use the offer code FIRE today. Having a clean and user-friendly website is key for every business, regardless of whether you do all your business online or not. But when you're looking to start out lean, hiring a web designer and developer can get really expensive really fast. Thank goodness for Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website on your own time. Everything Squarespace offers uses drag-and-drop technology so you can add content from your desktop and even arrange elements of content within a page. It's super easy to use, but just in case, they have a 24-7 support team who's ready to help you via live chat or email whenever you need them. One of my favorite features is that they even have responsive design. So no matter which template you choose, your site automatically scales to look beautiful on every device. So if you're ready to start building your website today, go to squarespace.com and for 10% off, use the offer code LIGHT. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I like it. Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Money. We put ourselves into into debt right from college most of the time, like I did myself. Uh, And then from there, you get out of college and you... Um, and then you're starting to make money and then you, you go and you spend more than you ever have because you've never been able to do that uh, all while continuing to keep yourself in debt. Uh, and then some people may go get a higher education at the same time like I did, put yourself into more debt. Um, but that, that kind of keeps repeating itself. And then you need a house, so you go get a mortgage and you put yourself into debt for the rest of your life. Um, you know, Really, I've taken the last year or so while I was going through this transformation of uh, of you know, dedicating myself full time to data analysis was to get my personal uh, finances in order, so I wouldn't have that excuse. Uh, and and I think that's what a lot of entre- you know potential entrepreneurs should really look at doing as quickly as they can. Um, once you remove that excuse and that sort of burden, uh, you know, and everything else on your back, it will really help you. You know, even if money is not the major issue, just having that out of the way will really help you focus on your business and not do things uh, once you're focused on your business that you wouldn't typically do um, because you have this this problem of money or debt hanging over your head. What's the best advice you've ever received, Ben? Yeah, best advice I ever uh, received was uh, was from my dad, and, and uh, I'm I'm pretty competitive. I played high school basketball for a really really great team, and uh, when I was a freshman, I started out as a center. I was six feet tall going into my freshman year, a little over six feet, and uh, I was a center. And uh, by my sophomore year, I was no longer anywhere near as tall as all the other centers I was going up against, and I, I got home and I was really frustrated. 
And, um, you know, he just kind of told me, look, there's always going to be people that are taller, faster, uh, stronger than you. And, you know, and, and there's nothing you can do about that. The only thing you can do about that is, is go work harder than them. And, um, and I apply that to business as well. I mean, there's always going to be competitors that are better funded, that are bigger, that have better connections. Um, but if you as an organization, as a leadership team, as a startup with the co-founders, if you work really hard uh, to go get and work as smart as you can. Um, sometimes I think, you know, working hard just gets defined as putting more hours in and that's, that's not really the case. It's, I think it's going and doing those hard things, um, that you don't want to do, get uncomfortable and go get those things done so that you can work smarter as you go from there. I think that's, you know, the, some of the essence of hard work in the startup community. And, um, and so, you know, those are the things that I've sort of focused on is no one's going to work harder than me. Uh, or at least work harder to go work smarter, uh, you know, than me uh, when it comes to anything that I put my mind to. Love it. And that gives me a little hint of where you might take this next question. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe attributes to your success? One of the things that really been working for me lately is to go work out in the middle of the day. And, um, and, one of the challenges I was having is, um, you know, getting up in the morning and trying to get, you know, work going and you've got a bunch of emails waiting for you in the morning and all those things. And, and by the time you're ready to get going, you have to get into the office. And then at the end of the day, all these things just hit you throughout the end of the day. And, and you kind of forget uh, about, you know, the fact that you had to go to the gym because now you want to get home and you got to make dinner for the family. Um, I found a spot in the middle of the day to make that happen. And, and I've been dedicating myself to do that. And part of that I think is, you know, not just for the pure, you know, get away from the office for a few minutes and, and relax and, you know, just go focus on something else where you can't work. Uh, but the other side is taking care of yourself, I think is really uh, one of those things that entrepreneurs have to remember to do. Uh, and, and physically, uh, you know, that it's just critical because you're putting so much energy and time and effort into everything that you're doing for your business and probably for your family as well at the same time that uh, your health uh, can have a, a serious impact if you won't have the energy to go do those things for the long run and you'll end up burning yourself out. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? One of the things I use daily is Buffer app, and um, I'm a big uh, I'm a big proponent of building up your personal brand. I think it's really important. Um, I the content strategy that we have it uh, have had at Kissmetrics is phenomenal. If if anybody hasn't read the Kissmetrics blog, I you know I, I definitely advise you to go do that. Um, and Buffer app really helped me share all the great pieces of content that I found out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have a process where on a daily basis, I'll get up in the morning and read through you know, everything I'm going to post for the day. And I use Buffer app to, um, you know, to, to set up that schedule of those tweets that go out so that I'm not sending out, you know, one tweet every five minutes for the first hour of the morning and then nothing the rest of the day. And it's, it's really helped my personal brand. It's really helped my, uh, my Twitter accounts gone from, you know, a couple thousand at the beginning of the year that past 20,000 followers at this point. So, you know, really getting that engine going, I think is, is great because it's led to a lot of business opportunities, a lot of, uh, uh, introductions to people I never would have had the opportunity to meet before. So, um, so I would, uh, definitely check out buffer app. And then the other tool just as a salesperson that, 
that our team at Kissmetrics is using, um, you know, is Yesware, and I'm an, I'm an advisor over there, so full you know disclosure there. But what a great tool uh, when you're sending the same email out over and over again, you know, from Gmail, and you just wish you had a template that you could just pull from based on you know the different conversations or type of emails that you're sending out, and uh, and then be able to see when people open those emails and and they've interacted with them and what response rate you've got, so you can do some you know mini A B testing with your with your sales emails. Uh, just a great tool to have. So I would you know check that one out as well. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to both of these resources and everything else has been mentioned today at eofire.com slash Ben Sardella. Ben, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? So we mentioned Selling the Zebras uh, by Jeff Kozer in the earlier topic. And uh, I'm being with my sports and business uh, you know, mine combined, I would say go check, you know, if you haven't read Moneyball, don't, don't worry about the movie so much, but go read the book. It really helped. It shed a different perspective on the, on the way to approach a very archaic uh, system or market. So um, that's what I really loved uh, from that. I actually applied some of those lessons to going and finding sales reps that were really successful for me. So there's, there's different ways I think every business can apply that. But another really great book is uh, Aaron Ross. Uh, Aaron Ross's book called Predictable Revenue. I think for any entrepreneur that's starting up a sales team, there's a lot of lessons to be learned uh, from some of the things that Salesforce.com was doing in their very early stages. And having been the you know there from day one at NetSuite on the sales side, I can assure you that both of those um, you know stories were very similar. We were experiencing a lot of the same things at that period of time and onwards. And um, you know, great companies like that, you know, learned their lessons, took their bump and bruises over the last you know, decade so that entrepreneurs like us can, can learn from them in a book and not make the same mistakes twice and, um, you know, and, and build off of that. And I think that's a great resource as well. And that's what Entrepreneur on Fire is for too. And Fire Nation, I know you love audio. And if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of any of these books, any one that you want for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Ben, This next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Yeah, that's a great question. So... Um, so one of the things that's worked really wonderful for me lately has been uh, to create a coffee fund. So I, I sort of have this fund set aside where it, it forces me to go spend that fund every week. So I have to set up meetings, coffee meetings with people I've never met before um, that I've found interesting, whether they're leaders or contributors to organizations that I'm you know, fascinated about and excited about. Uh, and so you know, if I had seven days of just doing that, I'd hit the web, I'd go find uh, people. And, and to be quite honest, I would probably just look at your list. of people. <laughs> There's a great list there. You're probably all you need. Um, I, I definitely get to New York and, and, and go meet Gary Vee and take him for some coffee. But, uh, but no, I mean, there's, there's, uh, that's what I would do. I would just set up coffee appointments throughout the day and I have a pretty high tolerance for caffeine. So, um, so I would, I would make that work and, um, you know, I'd meet as many of those people as I could. I'd find out if there was any way, shape or form that I could bring something to the table to help them. Uh, and, uh, and from there, just, I think, 
extending out the, uh, their, you know, see if you can help them. You're going to find out what they need in turn. And, uh, you know, I think through enough of those conversations, you're going to just learn a lot, uh, both what's working for those folks, but also what they're missing in their lives, what they need, what they're missing at, at, at work professionally, things like that. Uh, and as an entrepreneur, I think you get enough inspiration from those conversations to go build a, uh, a potential business. Well, Ben, you are now officially on that Entrepreneur on Fire alumni list, and I have really enjoyed hearing your journey, so thank you for sharing that. Share with Fire Nation the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so at Datanize, it's Ben at Datanize.com. It's D-A-T-A-N-Y-Z-E. And um, and then on Twitter, at Ben Sardella. Uh, sorry, at Ben Sardella. Very simple. So uh, either of those work. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can easily find me there. Ben, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that you've mentioned in today's episode, the resources, the books, your contact information, eofire.com. Click on that podcast tab. You are hanging out in the archives. We also have an amazing search bar. Just type in the word Ben. There's not that many of them. His show notes page will pop right up. And Ben, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to create your podcast. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to grow your audience. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to get great guests. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to monetize. Podcastersparadise.com. Engage with other podcasters. Podcastersparadise.com. Access private webinars with today's top experts. Podcastersparadise.com. Get the picture? Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 